oh wow, I can see a baby in her hands. She's going to have a little baby. And I'd say to mum, your friend's pregnant. Oh no, she's not. I said, well, she is because she's holding a little, I can see her holding a little baby girl with red hair and freckles. And mum dismissed the whole thing. Well, of course, inevitably through the course of time, it would happen, it would come to pass. And mum would come to me a little confused and say, who told you this? How did you know this? Welcome, I'm Peter Williams, and for the past 10 years, I've been connecting with thousands of people from the stage and online to help them discover the importance of spiritual and energetic practices so they can thrive with confidence, clarity, and purpose. It is time to awaken your connection, align with your soul, and achieve your own inner power right here on the Inner Power Podcast. We are so excited to be here. Just to fill you in, we are two guys who are full-time psychics and mediums, and we're here to sit down to break down some of the complexities and misconceptions around spirituality and what it's like living between two worlds. It's so exciting because I'm joined here by an awesome man of mine, David Laws. He reads Flowers for a Living, (laughs) and of course, I am Pete, and I speak to dead people for a living. So as you can tell, we have a unique point of view to walk you through this and provide insights and some anecdotes about this world and the next. So hang on to your hat as we take you on this journey and to help us start that journey. Mate, David, welcome. How you doing, mate? Hey, good. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for the intro. How exciting is this for us today? I know, right? (laughs) We talk about things and universe and really live in this life. And I suppose we both do it, don't we? We do, mate. We do. And to clarify something very important, we are psychic and not psycho. So very much so. Very much so. A lot of people think, a psychic? Are you psycho? Well, (laughs) I used to think I was, but you know what? It's really not quite uh, that way. In fact, the worlds that you and I live in, Pete, are two very, very exciting worlds. And this is what we're going to bring to our beautiful listening audience today. Yes. And I suppose the thing is, it's a great place to lead into because You read flowers for a living. I speak to dead people for a living. (laughs) And I don't mean to be crude, but that's just putting it in the most simplified terms we can. But the truth is we didn't start off like this, did we? No. See, that's the thing, Pete, because a lot of people don't understand that when you are gifted with a gift or ability or a skill of some sort, you are born with that. No one wakes up in the morning and goes, hmm, what will I do today? I know, I think I'll be a psychic or I think I'll be a medium. That's what I'd like to do. It's a gift that chooses you. You know, it comes to you. You were born with that. And through the course of your life, you will, you know, if you align yourself with that gift and talent, you'll expand on it. And inevitably, it may even become your destiny as it has has done with you and I. And that's a perfect point because when we look at this, I know that no guidance counsellor was directing me in the uh, direction of going out there and speaking to hundreds of people and connecting with their loved ones. But, you know, when we look at this, and I think that's the thing, through our journey we've noticed that there have been cues, there have been hints, and, you know, through our journeys and, you know, the conversations that we've had, we've had that thing of people asking, but, you know, Pete or Dave, how do you know that's the universe or how do you know that's the right thing to do? And that's what we're going to get into here today. We're going to help you and break down some of those wonderful universal breadcrumbs. And they are so easily missed sometimes and we're going to walk you through it. And the best way to do that is we're going to tell you how we got to where we are today. So, mate, Let's rewind. I know yours cassette might go a little bit further back. 
a little or bit further, you, boy. <laughs> you, you use the word cassette. Now, that's my language, mate. That's, you know, I'm so 1970s. Are <laughs> you still driving the Cadillac, mate? I, I am. Yeah. Oh, yes, both my cars are more than 40 years old. So, <laughs> But they're in mint condition, which is awesome. Correct. But um, let's go back and just describe to our listeners, you know, how did this really start for you? When did How did this kick off? Because it is. It's like even though you said we're born with it. Yeah. That's but right. How does it bubble up? How does it come to the forefront? Do you know what, Pete? As you would understand, mate, it's something that's ever so subtle. It's very subtle. And it's not something that hits you with a sledgehammer and you don't suddenly see, you know, dead people walking around. Well, I certainly didn't. For oh, me, did I, mate. <laughs> no, that's right. For me, it was more or less, I refer to it as a knowing. And I used to feel things about people and know things about people. And when I was quite young, I'd mention things to mum and dad and they'd sort of brush it off and go, oh, whatever, whatever. But I just thought, why do I know this about this person? Or uh, I would meet one of my mother's friends and I'm thinking, oh, wow, I can see a baby in her hands. She's going to have a little baby. And I'd say to mum, your friend's pregnant. Oh, no, she's not. I said, well, she is because she's holding a little, I can see her holding a little baby girl with red hair and freckles. And mum dismissed the whole thing. Well, of course, inevitably, through the course of time, it would happen, it would come to pass. And mum would come to me a little confused and say, who told you this? How did you know this? Like, what, how, how, David, I can't understand where you're getting this information from. And back then as a child, you don't know either because it's information, it's knowledge that comes into your being. It's in your head. It's not like a person or a man or a lady was whispering to me or I wasn't getting a a direct line uh, from God. It was just, I just call it the knowing. I just used to feel this knowing and it's it's a feeling of knowledge. It's like, oh, suddenly I know what to say um, when I'm using those senses. And I must add, Pete, that in those early days, it wasn't something that was prolific and it wasn't something that was it was every day. It was very random and very, just little, as you said before, Pete, breadcrumbs, little sprinklings of things every now and again. Yeah. I never, I, back in the 70s, mate, growing up as a kid, we I didn't, didn't even know what the word psychic meant. I didn't know what a spiritualist was. I didn't know anything about spirit or or the way that we do now because, yeah. remember, back in the late 60s, 70s. I can't remember, mate. No, you, you weren't here. You weren't here. Let me tell you, it was a great time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a great time. If you were lucky enough to remember it, <laughs> the drugs were good back then too. So, uh, They're the psychedelics. That's right. There. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom. I love it. So, you know, as as fate um, led me down the, the path, I mean, I, I left school at three minutes past 15 and I really didn't uh, gel all that well with school and I didn't know what I wanted to do with school. Not many kids do. But I um, fell into the work of, um, you know, public work through um, retail and what have you and had inverted commas normal jobs and had a normal life. And uh, I'm the oldest of four kids and it was, it was just very normal until... I reached my early 20s and I had this yearning, this feeling. I thought, I've got to do something with this feeling and why do I know all this information? And as you can appreciate, back in the early 80s, there was no such thing as the internet. It didn't exist. Everything was books and if you were lucky enough to meet somebody who could guide you to a book or to a meeting or to a group who could assist you and and help you. Well, yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I was just fortunate enough, you know, so let's fast forward that cassette and we're starting to get to CDs now. But um, but the whole point is like I know that feeling like of, of going through that. I think you might have been a slight little bit luckier than I was because with your mum going, where did that come from? Yeah. I think my parents were just kind of worried. It's like, is he going to turn goth? Where's he going to go with this? We don't know. So they just left to me to my own devices. Correct. But it's interesting too, you had no internet. I did, you know, my my coming into this was of the age of Netscape Navigator. 
as as the uh, browser of choice. And Alta Vista was the um, it was the search engine. And you kind of know where you are in the timeline of things in, in the internet age when you sign up for an email address and you only have to use five letters, no dashes, no special, no caps lock. And so I was like very back in the day. So I was I was that little bit more fortunate. I could go looking, but you had this difference. It's like you had this knowing, and it was before the internet. But when we look at this, like, you know, in you're saying here in your 20s or early 20s, it's like you knew something was coming. Mm-hmm. But, you know, can you recall, like, were there any other, like, breadcrumbs yes. you know, that the universe provided to you yes. before that moment, before you really kind of got into it? Well, really, for me, uh, one of the major breadcrumbs that came to me was a gift, and it was a gift of a book. I call it my early Bible, and it was a book called Reaching for the Other Side, and it was authored by Dawn and Roland Hill, a husband and wife team. Now, that was gifted to me in 1979 when I was 19 years of age. And I can remember devouring that book thinking, oh, my God, this is like manna from heaven because it was the first time I'd ever read a book that pertained to my experiences and the thoughts and feelings that I had. And, oh, here are two people who understand me and I understand them because it was it was virtually gifted to me from and from the world that I knew existed, but nobody yeah. else in my world knew or understood, even though I didn't know and understand it, but they were speaking my language. But so did you ask for this book? No, it was gifted to me. Somebody just gifted it to me. It was a lady that I worked with at David Jones, I'll never forget. And one day I was chatting randomly about my thoughts and my spiritual feelings and inklings. Yeah. And one day she just turned up. She said, you might find this book interesting. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, what's this? Within three pages, I was hooked. And that book became my Bible. And I just hung on every word of that book. And uh, and um, amazingly, Dawn and Roland Hill only lived a few suburbs from where I lived in Sydney at the time. So they were local as well, which really intrigued me. It was just fantastic. Well, see, it's interesting because you're kind of, I suppose, just putting it out there. You're yes. kind of exploring. And I think the big thing too is expressing That's right. this side of, you know, yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, like I always said, like, you know, you had to talk about it and receive the book. I was searching for things online. But I know I was sending emails to people wow. trying to, help me. I'm I, like the wind is talking. I know it sounds weird. And I would, I look back and yeah. think I might've been psycho, but yeah. you know, yeah. but I now understand what was kind of happening, but you know, I was working through these things. Now, when you look at the journey and we look at this moment, it's like, I look at that and going, you know, you receiving the book, you had to read it. Mm-hmm. You had to say yes to it. Yes. You had to accept it. Correct. And the same thing I look, as much as I was trying to reach out and have people explain things to me, but I still ended up having to read. Yes. I still had to explore and yeah. I still had to do exercises. Correct. You know, and I believe it's correct when um, when you finished reading this, it was kind of leading you into some palm readings. Correct. That was so funny because <laughs> I thought, what do I do? How do I, how do I tune into this person? And back in those early, early days, I'd say to somebody, can I just have your hand, please? And they'd hand, uh, hand over their hand, <laughs> hand over their hand. And I'm not a palmist. I'd, I've never been trained in palmistry and I'm not a palmist by any means. But I used to just hold that person's hand and I would elicit my guidance from the universe that way. And somehow once I tuned into that person's energy and looked at their little you know, hands or their, little, their, their lines or their patterns, somehow it's translated into some type of a message. And to be honest, Pete, in those days, it was a bit of fun, a little bit of larky and a little bit of, oh, well, it's a bit of jovial stuff, a bit of laughter. Oh, maybe this will happen. Maybe that'll happen. And then over the course of time, 
people would come back to me saying, do you remember that palm reading you did at the barbecue that time or down at the drinks we had at Anne's place that night or or that morning tea at work? And I'd go, yeah, well, it's all come true. It's all come to pass. And I'd Isn't go, it amazing how that happens? Really? I know. It's like, geez, that was a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the same, good but I, I could so relate to that because, like, I was going through it and I remember I found this wonderful article and I know um, because the website's still around and it's crystallinks.com and, oh, my God, the lady there, she's got a plethora of mm. information. Yeah. And I don't know how, but obviously I was led to the right space and I got into meditation very quickly mm. and there was an exercise of automatic writing mm. and, you know, me being me, like same thing. Oh, this is a bit of fun, and really, it was a hobby. I think, yeah, that's you know, right. Because it was just my own personal interest, and oh, I wanted to explore cool. it. And I, you know, in that first night, I sat down at two a.m. Mm. and as you do when you're yeah. fourteen, and uh, you know, you sit there and you go, "Sure, I'm going to start talking to the invisibles," you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and all of a sudden, you sit there and you relax because some people don't know what automatic writing is, and so you just relax. You get yourself into a nice meditative state, and you've got pen and paper in your hand, and you just kind of relax. And all of a sudden, you just really let go. And in that, then all of a sudden you're channeling the information through and your hand starts to move by itself. Correct. And yeah. look, I won't lie. As soon as it did, I absolutely shit myself. Yeah. Uh, the pen went one way, the book went the other way. What do I do? What do I do? What yeah. do I do? And uh, I remember going, I need to tell someone. It was so exciting, you know. Yeah. And uh, I thought, I've got to tell mum and dad. They're asleep. Uh, not a good idea. So I had to wait till the next morning. But it led me from there, from that moment, from that connection, it led me in. So you had your, you know, palmistry and palmering. I, I lent myself to tarot for some reason. Yeah, yeah. But again, like I went off and taught myself. And same yeah. thing, all of a sudden I was just practising or and all, then I had friends of friends and friends of friends and then go, hey, Pete, you know what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, same thing, lunch break room, whatever. You know, you did that card reading for me. Yeah. That stuff started to happen. And you're kind of going, okay, well, that's good. That's, I don't know what else to do with it. I yeah. just said what I said. So, exactly. But it's interesting. It's those moments of I think we need to say yes. Yes. And, you know, when you sum it up, Dave, with that first kind of moment, would you call that subtle? Would you say that universe is really hammering you to do this? They were never hammering me to do this. It was ever so subtle. And as I said, it was very lighthearted. It was fun. It was a bit of a fun thing to do. And by the stage of me reaching my sort of early mid-20s, Mum and Dad had, you know, quite warmed to the idea that their son had this gift, skill and ability to be able to connect to the universe or whatever it was and bring through some messages. And Mum used to say, oh, look, we're having a barbecue on the weekend. You know, we've got a few friends over. Could you do a little reading just for my girlfriends? I'd say, yes, Mum, we can do that. And it was always a little bit of fun, you know, a wine and a giggle. We used to call it wine, giggle and laughter and David will do some some readings for us. And it was always quite lighthearted fun. Never once in those times did I ever realise that it would be leading me to my destiny. Oh, little absolutely. did I realise that those little fun parties and those little fun hand readings and those little fun barbecues, they were a part of my spiritual apprenticeship that led me the little breadcrumbs, one little crumb at a time, which then came to a few more crumbs and then half a slice of bread, then a slice, then a loaf. It leads you onto this path to where I am today and to where you are today, Pete. And I think very, very few people would know from a very young age that the work that you are and I are involved in professionally in a full-time way now 
is something that they are aware of from a very young age. I, in fact, I think, you know, of, of the big names in the world that I have heard of yep. and that I know that are in our work, none of them started out as a child saying, I'm going to be a full-time professional psychic or a medium as a living. It's something that develops. We develop this. Yes. And sometimes, in certainly in my case, it was a series of circumstances that occurred to me that almost forced me to look at this side of my life. It's almost like spirit took so much. They didn't take things away, but, I, you know, I went through a series of experiences where I, I lost lots and lots of things and it revealed my truth. Yep. And my truth was this work. And I almost laughed. I said, you can't expect me to be doing this as a, a full-time thing. But, of course, now as we sit here today, this is my 13th year as a professional psychic. And if somebody had literally done a reading for me or looked into their crystal ball 13, 14 years ago and told <laughs> me what my destiny was, I would have laughed at them. Yeah. But guess what? You know, fate it, has its way of bringing its um, and it's way so to you. interesting because it, like, I'm actually, I look at it now, same thing like you said, you know, uh, universe and spirit kind of like they don't take away things, but they will help move you and nudge you Correct. into the right direction. And I know that for a fact because I'm absolutely so grateful because I'm sitting here with you talking about this and trying to help people to understand those universal movements and breadcrumbs as it is like oh, we're getting so close, like it's literally almost to the minute of the 10-year anniversary of the Fukushima earthquake, yeah. which I was there for. That's that right. was the moment that my life changed. And I literally do tell people, <laughs> universe and spirit literally moved the earth That's right. and water to mm-hmm. get me back here and put me on this path. And you just kind of go, wow. And But I still had to say yes. That's right. I still had to say yes to its instinct. But, you know, let's go back into it because I know for a fact that when I was going through this and, you know, I was the hobby thing, you're connecting up, doing a few fun readings here and there, and then all of a sudden it's like you just kind of get to a point where you're like, I want more. Yeah. You know, like I, it's also the thirst becomes, you yeah. know, you know, insatiable. It's like, you know, I really just want to, where do I go? You know, because there's only so much you can kind of research or, sure. and it's nice, Universe will provide gifts like we've sure. talked about when they do. And I think at the time I was really looking for a mentor. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically that I had a reading about 17 and it was one of my first ever that I went for. And his name was Dance Hart. He was a nice guy, but, and I just remember he nailed on the head. He goes, oh, look here, young man, you're looking for this old style master and apprenticeship style thing, aren't you? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and he says, mate, this doesn't happen anymore. He goes, you're going to have to, you take bits and pieces here, take bits and pieces there. Now that was an interesting turning point for me because I really did want a mentor. And I have to admit, it kind of deflated me. I was a bit disappointed. I walked away, you know, not exactly, you know, tooting the horn going, oh, that was an awesome reading because I was a bit disappointed. But it was a truth I needed to hear. And at that moment, I let go. And I was like, okay, well, I just have to accept that. I'm going to have to do some of the work. But then lo and behold, you know, I went to a reading and I took my friend for her birthday for a reading. And I took her down to the little crystal shop and behind there, little old lady comes out. My friend went first because it's her birthday. Anyway, she comes out bawling her eyes out. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, what have I done here? I'm like, this is her bloody birthday. And it's like she's crying, like literally tears. The floodgates have opened. And this little old lady comes out. She goes, it's okay, dear. She just she just needs to have a good cry. She'll be right. It's your turn's next, but just give me a minute. I'm just going to go for a walk around the block. And I remember that after that, I had my reading. And I remember she pulled out this one card of the Osho Zendek. And she goes, see that card? And it's a card of this big gray bearded man with a big white light above his head. She goes, that's you. I'm like, it meant nothing to me. <laughs> but the whole point is that right there in that moment, once I had let go of this fact I was what I was looking for, 
she said, you know what? I think you'd really benefit if you come along on every Tuesday night, we have this gathering and you can come along and it's, you know, as long as the fairy lights are on, yeah. you can come in. Wow. And now I know from talking to you, you had a very similar situation, <laughs> didn't you? I certainly did. <laughs> Almost verbatim. Because my gathering was every Tuesday night as well. How unbelievable! Tuesday night. I know. Tuesday my, night. my mentor did say it's Tuesday night because we get to choose. Yeah, yeah and I was like, I always I like that. It's always stuck yeah, with me that Tuesday. one. Tuesday. Yes. C H O O S E D A Y. Tuesday. I love that. But no, it was a, a very, very similar thing with me, and I was very fortunate to meet my uh, great uh, mentor teacher, who sadly has now long since passed. But back in those days, I can remember thinking, "Who's my guide? Who's my teacher?" Like. Who can I? Who can help me on this journey? Who can help me understand, you know, what I'm all about and who I'm all about and what's this gift and how do I corral it into something and utilise it in a way that's going to benefit me and other people? I mean, I had visions of somebody like Dumbledore out of Harry Potter turning up like a wise wizard. <laughs> that was my card, mate. <laughs> that's, that's right. It sounded like your card. It did, and it? had the had the uh, the the, the uh, scrolls of wisdom and had all the all this knowledge. And I was expecting or hoping somebody like Dumbledore would turn up to take me under his uh, wing and and guide me. But, of course, my guide did turn up and uh, she was the most nondescript person, God love her, and her name was Denise. Denise back then was one of one, was one of Sydney's finest trans mediums and I had no idea who this lady was, but she'd heard about this young guy who was doing these funny little hand readings. So she came, booked in to come and see me for a reading, half to get a reading and half to check me out to see, you know, she was quite keen to hear what I was all about. She'd heard reports about this young guy doing these readings. So she came along one Thursday night and I'll never forget, Pete, she came to my front door and little did I realise that when I answered the door that night, there stood my great mentor and teacher who would have a major, major part, she would play a major part in, in my destiny. And when I opened the door, there she stood. And Denise was a buxom lady, had her hair pulled back in a bun, and uh, she was the quintessential Ocarozzi lady from the western <laughs> suburbs of Sydney, out where I used to live at that time, out near Campbelltown in New South Wales. Denise had three loves in life. She loved spirituality, wind-filled blue cigarettes and Tic Tacs, and that's what she lived on, and she always had a Winnie Blue out the corner of her mouth. And when I answered the door, she says, Oh, hello, love. Hi, I'm here to see you for the reading. And I said, Oh, well, hang on. Well, just come on in. She'll hang on, love. And she put the cigarette out. I thought, oh, my God. So... I ushered her inside to my little reading room and I did the little reading for her, the little hand reading, and she had sat there with a big grin on her face and I said, uh, so that's it, uh, do you have any questions? She said, no, love, I don't, but i got one for you. And I said, oh, what's that? She said, who's that bloke standing beside you? I went, what? And I turned to the side I said, I don't know, I can't see anyone. She said, well, love, he's the one giving you all your messages. And I went, oh, wow, who are you? Oh, love, I forgot to tell you, I'm a medium as well. I went, oh, wow, a medium. Oh, my God, I don't think I've ever met a medium before. So she said, yeah, love, that's what I do. And she said, I'm telling you, she said, he's given you all that reading that you gave me. That's what it was. And I said, wow. And then she told me the most extraordinary thing, Pete. She said, do you know, he's telling me to tell you that one day you'll read flowers for thousands and thousands of people. Now, how and did I, that go down? Like that, that, I just laughed because I, I said, I, every time I'm like, how does that compute know, in someone's well, head? Laughed. Like, you're going to read flowers I for know, a living. I just laughed. I said, that is so cool. Who is your drug dealer? Wow. <laughs> that's just cool. She said, love, I'm telling you. I said, flower reading? Plain or self-raising, you know. <laughs> she said, no, love, the flowers are growing in the garden. And I said, what? And then this is hilarious. She said, look, love, I've got more to tell you. But she said, do you, do you mind if we go out to your veranda? I want to have a cigarette and I've got more to tell you. I said, oh, sure. So we went out to the veranda. She lit up a Winnie Blue and she stood there. This is so funny. And she said, she's blowing the cigarette going, 
and she said, you know what, love? She said, I reckon you should come to my house next Tuesday night. And I said, and why is that? She's sitting there puffing away. This woman smoked like a bushfire in a hot westerly and then she smoked <laughs> and she's sitting there and she just said, well, I run a healing group. <laughs> a healing group and she's munching on these witty blues. And she said, I run a healing group and she said, um, we do readings and we do all sorts of healing. And I thought, oh, okay, this is cool. And I said, all right, well, look, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll pop over. And I went over the following Tuesday night. There was groups of people in the lounge room and all had little bags of flowers. And back in those halcyon days of the 80s, Pete, every second person used to smoke. And there was a room full of chain smokers. So when I walked into the room, I could barely see anyone. So I didn't know whether they were real people or ghosts. I could see silhouettes. <laughs> the so lovely like, oh, hello, haze, there is someone there. Oh, hello, hi. I was just sort of puffing the smoke away. Oh, there is someone there. Hello. Oh, good night, mate. Yeah, have a seat. Oh, the bloody hell. Then Denise came out and she said, well, love, she said, don't worry, love. She said, the healing room's out the back and there's no smoking out there. We just have a smoke before we go out. Oh, this is so funny. And that's where the that's where the flower reading started for me. And I must admit, the very first time, I ever picked up a flower out of the bag. I said, what do I have to do with this? She said, Lam, you pull the flower out of the paper bag, hold up to hold it up to your third eye, close your eyes, and it'll give you messages. It'll talk to you. And I thought, oh, wow, this is cool. So, of course, I pulled the flower out of the bag, held it up to my third eye, and the flower never said a bloody word. I was just, <laughs> I was just, I was just not telling me anything. And she's sitting there puffing away the cigarette, and she said, it's all right, love, but you're not focusing. And I said, well, I am focusing. <laughs> she said, it's all right, love. And at the end of the night, I said, well, look, thank you. It was awfully nice of you to invite me. I really want to thank you for inviting me along. And she said, love, I'll see you next week. I said, oh, do you want me to come back? <laughs> love, I'm going to be your teacher. Now, do you know what? All jokes aside, Pete, her house became my church for the next yeah. two, two and a half years. I never missed a Tuesday night. It, to me, it was my church. And the people that were there were so beautiful, so fantastic, and I just learned so much. And she she was very old school and taught a lot of the old school traditional spiritual ways. Many aspects of those teachings that I still implement yeah. and practice and teach in my own workshops um, to this day. So and, extraordinary, uh, extraordinary experience. And, mate, it's like I can totally relate to that because it was. The Tuesday nights, I used to, I was, couldn't wait for Tuesday to roll around. And, it, and it, I love the way you describe that in terms it becomes your church mm. because you finally get to feed that, that part of yourself and, you, and you're in amongst people who obviously all connect with you. And it's like, you know, and I look at that, but it's amazing, isn't it? When we really boil it down and we like, I just love the way like our stories are just almost parallel, oh, but just a couple crazy. of decades apart. That's you know right. what I mean? Exactly. You know, yeah. Tuesday nights, you know, my mentor, you know, Ellie, uh, she's an awesome soul. I've got the privilege of still being able to connect with her today. But same thing. Yep. She was loving her ciggies too. She'd be out there well, having a party. I think your cue was the fact that uh, if the fairy lights are on, it's on. I think if the windows are open, the smoke's coming out. It was, it was, you all, actually had smoke we signals, actually mate. Had smoke signals. <laughs> That's and the funny thing was, her Indian guide, his name was Longfeather. So uh, <laughs> his name was Longfeather, and she had a long draw. <laughs> so uh, long draw on the ciggy. But now, uh, but when you look at it though, like you know, excuse me. In those initial early days, we had to. It's almost like we had to say yes, and we had to kind of go. We want to know more. Yeah, we had to do the digging. Yeah. And, you know, because you were at a point there, you were you were looking for that mentor too, weren't you? Correct. Yeah. But did it come straight away? No, no, it didn't come straight away. So between them and meeting Denise, how long, like, between oh, receiving probably, the book? Well, mate, I met Denise when I was around 26, 25, 26 years of age. So that's a fair chunk so, of time. And I started becoming aware of my journey and wanting to know more around about the age of 18 to 19. In fact, I had my very first reading when I was 18 years of age. Yeah, but the same as well. Yeah, yeah. from a, a Scottish lady by the name of Mrs. Albrighton who, would wrote, who read tea leaves. 
and always she had a very thick accent and <laughs> uh, and I could barely understand it, but she did my very first reading when I was 18. And, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, and that's what kicked me off into wanting to know more and explore more about what this was, about what this gift was, but... Never once, like I said before, Pete, never once did I look upon it as, well, I need to get a grip of this because this is who I am and what I'll be doing. As I said, I didn't really discover this until I was at the age of 49 that, oh, my God, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in a full-time sense. And one thing I just want to quickly reiterate here to our beautiful listeners, don't ever think, my friends, don't ever, ever think that you've got to have your life all sorted and planned and Mm. knocked over by the age of 30 because, you know what, your life can open up in so many different ways at so many different stages and ages of your life. And sometimes you've got to live all these sorts of paths and chapters and experiences in your life to bring you to the point of who you truly are and to lead you into what you are supposed to be doing. And as I said, it's been almost 12 years now that that it's been my full-time profession. And it's like, oh, wow, this is what I'm here to do. But I didn't discover that until I was 49. Now, And I think that really leads perfectly into what we'd consider the third really big universal crumb, and that's about divine timing. You know, I know. It's exactly like you said there. Like, you know, the gaps that you had between receiving the book, meeting your mentor, and then kind of living life and and finding it and stepping into it full time. I would have to admit I was probably uh, a little bit more excited, and I was probably, you know, because, you know, we're now looking at like the early 2000s, so I was really excited, and I really loved this side of myself, and I wanted to explore it further. And I remember, it was funnily enough, it was with a reader who was on the Gold Coast 92.5 Gold FM, and I was at my mentor's house that night, and it was just the two of us, and we're listening, and uh, the guy named was Jason, and she said, you know what, I'm going to be bloody cheeky, she goes, I haven't had a read, I'm going to call in, I'm calling in my guides. I'm calling in a favour. I'm going to get this reading. With lo and behold, she gets on and she goes to have the reading with Jason. And I said to her, you haven't had a reading in ages. How about I take you and go see him have a proper one? And she goes, really? And I said, yeah, I'll drive you because I know you don't drive it. She would just broke down in tears. She goes, thank you. And of course, we both went up there. And again, like deja vu, I take someone in for it. She comes out bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, oh my God, what have I done again? <laughs> but it was interesting. Then I had my turn and I remember one of these guys, you got any questions? I said, yes. I said, when's, what's going to happen with my spiritual side? When's this, what's going to happen with it? When's it going to take off? And I'll never forget, mate, the words floored me to this day. Oh, my jaw just dropped. And this is universe working its magic. Yeah. And it just said, you know, I'm remember, I'm 18 at this time having this reading. And he said, all of this and this side of yourself, it's going to take off when you're 30. Yeah. That's 12 years. Mate, that was just, that's an eternity for an 18 year old, (laughs) you know? But looking back on that, it's divine timing. It has to happen in its own time. I wouldn't be where I am without the experiences that I am. Of course. And, you know, absolutely true to his word, literally a month out from my 30th birthday, I opened up my own shop and healing center. And I really stepped into this and made this my career. And so there's that divine timing aspect. And I think that's the hardest thing that's right. to teach. Don't you agree? Well, it is because you can't teach somebody how much divine timing is. Yeah. What is the divine? Divine timing means it's in divine time. That can be, yeah, and a lot of people think, oh, I've got to wait for divine time. Now, let's be hypothetical and say, well, divine time in your time frame might be, well, by Christmas next year, this is what I want to do or be or where I want to be at. Divine timing might say, no, it's five years, but they might say it's next month. 
So it's very, very difficult to teach a person what universal time is as in time frames, because, you know, we all, you know, we, we all have goals and dreams and things we, we want, you wanted to, you wanted it to happen within 12 months, but the, the person said it'll be the, at the age of 30 and you think it's divine time. Now, divine time has no time frame for anyone. It's yep. just that when it's divinely meant to be, and that's why I say to people, one of the greatest things we can learn in this experience, Pete, and in life, not just with our work, is the beautiful art of surrendering. Surrender yourself to the universe. Surrender yourself in the sense of, well, you know what? I'm going to hand it over to the greater power. I'm going to put my energy towards that that I so wish and desire to create, to manifest and become, whatever that may be. But I know that divine timing will bring it to me in the most perfect way. Oh, mate, you have absolutely just you know, sum that up beautifully. And I know that word surrender and surrendering to the divine and surrendering to spirit, it is such an easy thing to say. It is a it practice is. that does require it a does. lot of effort. <laughs> so, mate, it's been wonderful. I'm Pete Williams. I'm David Laws. And I'm going to hand it over to my good mate Dave to take us out because he does it best. Thank you so much, Pete. Well, for all of our beautiful listeners, just remember, you are exactly where you are meant to be right here and right now. So just take a nice, big, deep, easy breath and we'll see you on the next episode. 